Don't ever say, God's not speaking to me. All you have to do is open up the book. And every word here is a word to you. It's a living word. It's a sharp, two-edged sword speaking life into our hearts. The voices we listen to can change the trajectory of our lives. The voice of the Lord can utterly transform our hearts and our minds. In this teaching, Gary Wilkerson looks at how the Psalms show the real impact and importance of hearing God's voice. There are so many misconceptions about what it means to hear from God, but the scriptures direct us in how to open ourselves to the Lord's instructions and blessings. Welcome. I'm so blessed and honored to have you with me today, studying the book of Psalms, looking again at the word of the Lord. And we are in chapter 29 today. Today, I want to talk to you about becoming a mighty one. How can you live with the might and strength and power of God being present in your life? Let's pray. Father, we don't want to be overcome by the enemy. We don't want to be living in despair. We don't want to be downcast. We don't want to live with doubt and unbelief. We want to be all that you have made possible for us to be. We want to be mighty in Christ. We want to be valiant in the things of the Lord. Let this chapter bring forth that ability. Let it confer upon us a mighty spirit of God. Let us be like Gideon, where the Holy Spirit comes and says, O mighty man of valor, O mighty woman of valor, thank you that these words contain and hold the power to do such things. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 29, before I read the whole chapter, I want to show you something that I think is so wonderful. And it's a repetition here in this. It's found in verse 3 of Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. Verse 4, the voice of the Lord is powerful. Verse 5, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Verse 7, the voice of the Lord flashes forth the flames of fire. Verse 8, the voice of the Lord shakes in the wilderness. Verse 9, the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. The voice of the Lord strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. The voice of the Lord. What a powerful thing to hear the voice of the Lord. You know, the voice is something that transforms our lives. The voices that we hear, the the people that have spoken into our lives, the most powerful moments of your life might be something that was said to you or over you. Do you remember these voices? I'm proud of you, son. Do you remember the voice of the spouse that said those beautiful words at the altar? I do. What a beautiful voice to hear. What about the doctor saying, it's a boy or it's a girl or the the doctor saying to you, the, the cancer's totally gone. You're, have a, you have a clean bill of health. Hearing these words, hearing the, this voice can change the trajectory of your life. And Psalm 29 speaks gloriously of God's voice, the greatest voice of all, the voice over all voices, the most powerful voice in the universe, speaks to you and I. And when he speaks, everything becomes brand new. It becomes different. And there are many times where the, the, the voice speaks to you. Uh, oftentimes, in the middle of the night, maybe I'm anxious about something or, or overcome with anxiety or stress, and, and I'm laying there two, three in the morning, and my wife is there next to me, and I, I turn to her, my wife, Kelly, I say, Kelly, could you just could you speak to me? Can you just tell me a story? Or can you sing me a song? Because her voice is soothing. It is a blessing. Hearing those voices 
are, are precious. And, and it's not just hearing a voice, but it's the person whose, whose voice you hear. They are special to you. If I was laying there in the middle of the night anxious, I wouldn't want to turn to Hulk Hogan, for instance, and say, hey, can you sing me a song? No, it has to be somebody dear to you, your father speaking it, your spouse speaking it, the doctor speaking something profoundly. And how much more important and necessary and life-transforming, creating new things would be not the voice of your spouse, not the voice of your father or mother, not the voice of a sibling, but what if it be the voice of God speaking to you? God speaks to us today. But what do you do when you don't hear the voice of God? Well, I would suggest to you that you always hear the voice of God. As a matter of fact, you just heard the voice of God. No matter if you said, God hasn't spoken to me in years, weeks, months, whatever it might be, you just heard the voice of God when he spoke through Psalm 29, through my lips, that was the very voice of God. This is the very word of God. Don't ever say, God's not speaking to me. All you have to do is open up the book. And, and every word here is a word to you. It's a living word. It's, it's, it's a sharp, two-edged sword, says Hebrews. It's a, it's a profound word speaking life into our hearts. The, the voice is so important. And when we hear this voice, what it does to our hearts is cause us to respond. That's what Psalm 29, verse 1 says. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Verse 2. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. To see the, the voice of the Lord, to hear the voice of the Lord, causes praise and worship to ring out of our hearts. To, to see the beauty, the splendor of his holiness, to ascribe this 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 word ascribe is is basically just real simply it's it's give give to the lord now the reality is we cannot give god anything because he's lacking nothing if 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 i am needing funds to pay my mortgage and i don't have it and you give me things you are meeting a need of a of a of a spot in my life that is void of having the right supply but god doesn't have that he has full supply of everything he ever needs so so us giving to him is more for our benefit than it is for him. It is more giving homage and reverence to the Lord, worshiping him because he is a, and, it's, and that word ascribe is used three times in these first two verses because it's important that we focus. We are giving something to the Lord. Now, this whole chapter, we're going to be talking about this, and I think it's going to be very life-transforming for us, very important for us to see what God is capable of doing by, as, by speaking his voice into your life, setting us free, transforming our life, creating in us a, a holiness, a righteousness, a valor, a, a vitality, a godly strength that we don't have unless that voice were to speak to us. But before we get these things from the Lord, we, we, we are called here by Psalm 29 to give to the Lord. Lord, I give you praise. Lord, I give you honor. Lord, my mind is focused on you. I'm not going to spend my life considering my plight. I'm not going to consider all the stresses and anxieties and pitfalls and downfalls that I have in my life. I'm going to start this day by giving to you the honor and praise and glory that's due your name and your name, O Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to worship him when, when I feel overcome. I'm going to worship him when I feel downcast. I'm going to worship him when I feel hurting. I'm going to worship him when I feel dry and empty. When I see, seems like my whole life is a dry wilderness, I will worship the Lord. I will ascribe to the Lord the glory and strength and do his name. And in this first verse, it says, ascribe to the Lord, oh, in the ESV, it says, oh, heavenly beings. Other translations say mighty ones. And this 
commentaries tell us can speak of two different things. Some would say that this is the heavenly beings would be the angels. This would be the, the Revelation chapter three and four where the angels are bowing before the Lord, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. The, the most glorious beings created, the most, most brilliant, most powerful beings bow at the foot of the throne of God in heaven. But more likely, most commentaries say, this, this speaks of mighty ones that God makes mighty. It's the Gideons, it's the Moses, it's the Abrahams, it's the Peters that, that are turned from, from, from nominal life to a glorious life that, 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 that in our strength, that, that he makes us strong and yet we still worship him. We don't become, uh, have a sense of competency in ourself, what we're worshiping even in the midst of whether we're down or whether we're up, whether we feel weak or whether we feel strong, it's a worship of the Lord. But but this is powerful here that that, that he calls us oh heavenly ones or or mighty ones, the, the the mighty men and women of God, mighty sons, and another way of saying that would be sons and daughters of the Lord. And so verse one sets the tone and gives us a challenge. It raises the question, how can I be a mighty one? Wouldn't you love to be a mighty one? I mean, don't you want that voice of the Lord just that came to Gideon and said, oh, mighty man of valor, even though he said, I'm the least and my tribe is the least. He, 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 he didn't have a sense of being somebody special or anointed or having God's authority in our life. But this word holy ones or this word valiant ones or this word heavenly ones, these, these mighty sons and daughters is translated in the scripture also in, in other locations as anointed one, as uh, uh, appointed ones, as an, another translation calls it a rebel, not, not in the negative sense, but somebody who rebels against the powers of darkness, the status quo of, of evil. Another one was saying uh, a tumultuous one or a soldier, a valiant one. And, and my favorite is a young bull, the, the strong as an ox, the, that God has put a strength in you when, when you felt at your weakest, at your least able, at, 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 at your most downcast moment, he's come and his voice spoke to you. And all of a sudden, he just filled you with life, filled you with hope, filled you with peace. He filled you with a sense that all is well, that, that when the old hymn says, when sorrows like sea billows roll, I can say it is well, it is well with my soul. Not only is it well, just I can cope, but, but I can overcome, I, I can be valiant in the midst of these things. And, and so the, 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 the text here is setting a tone. How, how does a weak one, how does an overcome one, how does a downcast one, how does a, a, a sin-saturated one become this valiant, mighty man, mighty woman of God? Don't you want that? Don't you want to know uh, how scripture can release in us? This transition from th this kind of lifestyle that is underwater, so to speak, to a mountaintop experience of God is with me and he's moving in might and power. When I feel weak, when I feel overcome by temptation and at times fearful, at times lacking in faith, when, when I feel defeated and obstacles block my way, when my enemies confront me and giants seem to prevail and the problems seem too great, condemnation persists in my life, doubts plague my heart and mind, when how can I, in the middle of all those things raging against me, how can I say, God, speak to me and raise up my heart and my mind to be a mighty man, a mighty woman of God? How can I rise up and become and, and, and receive this vision, this voice of being this man or woman of God. Well, 
as I said, this 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 starts off by worship. It doesn't start off by here's what I want from the Lord. It starts off by saying, God, I'm going to position myself. Though you slay me, you give and you take away. I'm I'm going to worship you. I I I want to overcome. And I want to be valiant and I want to be strong, but more than that, I want to be a worshiper. And out of that lifestyle of worship, you see the power of God being released in, in our life. You see, this worship begins to take us away from ourselves and causes us, to, as Hebrews 12 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the cross that he endured, the blood that he shed for us, the washing by the water of the word that causes us to be made brand new. That is the beginning place of transitioning from being a weak, overcome, defeated one, his voice then begins to speak back to you. You worship him, and all of a sudden, he begins to flood you, to fill you with his presence. Verse 3 and 4 then begin to establish the authority of God over all things. Verse 3 says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters, and the glory of God thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. We begin by worship, and then you begin by recognizing the authority of Scripture, the authority of God's Word, the competency of the voice, the, the, the completeness of it, that the all-sufficiency, this book and the Spirit making it alive to us is, is sufficient for all things of life. There's not a problem that you face. There's not a difficulty that you are finding yourself in the middle of right now that God is not having the, the, this, this word, the voice of the Lord. It's over. It's over the troubled waters. It's over in Genesis 1 when he created the waters. It was the, there was chaos, and he was over that, forming and creating something new. Even in the chaos, God is working. Even in the chaos of marriage problems, even in the chaos of a stack of bills that you can't seem to, to get, even the chaos of feeling downcast and troubled of soul, even in the chaos of feeling like you're not anointed or not called or not a mighty one of God, in that chaos, the Lord is over that. And you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. You don't have to stress. He's over every situation in your life. There's, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. He is, he is the, the one that's over the waters. And the God of glory thunders the powerful voice. My wife and I were in Kansas City a number of years ago, middle of the night. And all of a sudden, I just looked out the window and the, the, the lightning was flashing, uh, almost like a strobe light, just constantly, not an occasional lightning. And the thunder followed immediately. And it was just one roll, one peal of thunder after another, so strong that it shook the hotel room that we're in. That, and that is a minuscule picture of the voice of God, how it thunders. The voice of God is not small. The voice of God, he's not silent. There's only one place, and it's in Isaiah, that, that, that seems to suggest that God would not speak, that God would be silent to us. And, and, and even that, it's, it, the, the Hebrew translation says he's holding his peace. But, but he's constantly speaking, speaking through his Holy Spirit, but mostly speaking through the Holy Spirit, enlivening, quickening his word, and the thunders in our life. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The more you understand that, the more you'll trust it, and the more you trust it, the more it will work its goodness into your life. The hope, the joy, the peace that comes from the power of the Lord. And the voice, verse 4, the end of it, the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. It's not just powerful, but it's majestic. It's, it's, it, again, it's the person who's speaking. It's, it's the king speaking to us. It's the majesty of the, the man, Christ Jesus, and his voice speaking alive to us, speaking alive to us. 
once we find once we find the, the authority of God's word to be a reality in our life over the waters, over the trouble to seas, and the power and the majesty of his word, but before this authority is, is conferred upon us, that we submit under his authority and receive a delegated authority to God, we have to understand the, that it is by his word. It's not by our own might, not by our own works. It's not by our own strength. It's not by our own might. Not by our own power, not by our own abilities. It's it's the word of God speaking things into existence. When there was chaos over the over the of the creation, it was His word. Let there be the waters and the seas divided, the the land and the seas divided. It was His word saying, "Let there be light." And so, just as as those words spoke and everything submitted and obeyed to Him, because He's over it, He's speaking these things into our life. I would suggest to you there are five things that He speaks to someone who's downcast, who's weak, who's troubled, who's stressed, who's anxious, who's fearful, who, who doesn't feel like a mighty man or a mighty woman of valor. There's five things that the voice of the Lord speaks and transforms, changes, moves from old to new. And let me just real briefly say what these five are. He, number one, he speaks and breaks the unbreakable. The things that seem unchangeable in your life, he breaks them down. Number two, he speaks and burns out the unwelcomed hindrances in our life. Number three, he speaks and shakes out the unhealthy places of our heart and mind. Number four, he speaks and strips away the coverings of darkness. Number five, he speaks and he births a whole new way of living. This last is where he speaks and births in you the faith and the confidence to be a mighty one in Christ. Let's look at these five real briefly together. Number one, he breaks the unbreakable. In scripture, he's calling them the cedars of Lebanon. That's found in verse 5. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. Interesting here, the, 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 these cedars, if you do a little research, are, are the largest in the Middle East and probably in that whole hemisphere, are the largest, uh, most imposing, huge. They're, some of them grow to eight feet across, just but just your when the in diameter, the, the wingspan, my, my wingspan is six feet across. So just think of it another foot on each side. And that's, that's, so it's imposing. You look upon this thing and if you're up close to it, as we are, many of the problems in our life, we're up close to it. It, it you can't see around it. You can't see a way through it. It seems an insurmountable, insurmountable obstacle in our life. It's towering. It's oppressive. And not only that, it is Known to be one of the longest living trees on, on earth, the, the lifespan. So, so it's imposing, it's huge, it's overwhelming, it's towering, and it's present for a long time. This speaks of the difficulties we face in our life that have, have they're not only too much for us to handle, but they've lasted too long. Some of our problems have lasted a day or a week or a month, but those ones that go on for years and years, the prodigal children that have run from the Lord for maybe even decades. The, the marriage that has been painful, wounding of your heart and mind and emotions, and it's lasted for years after year, and you're praying, you're asking God, it seems to be something that's unbreakable, too, too, too huge, too overwhelming. A dear friend of mine, his name is Nate Larkin, and Nate was a pastor in the Southeast, and he, as a young pastor, he, he began to dabble in pornography, and it got to the point where it was overwhelming. And he would pray, God, remove this from my heart. God, I, I want to be a faithful pastor, a holy man of God. But it just began to take root in his heart, and it went from 
bad to worse. He, his, it became an addiction, a habitual addiction. And it didn't just last a week or a month or a year, but it was lasting year after year. And it got so bad that, as he says in his book called uh, The Pirate Monks, <clears throat> he he speaks of this thing becoming uh, like, like this tree, this thing, this obstacle standing in front of him that just seems there's no way through. There's no way past it. It's, I'm not overcoming it. It's too, too powerful. It's too, and it's lasting too long. You get to the point where you just say, this is just, do I have to accept this? There's, 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 there's no getting out of this. And, and it turned into pornography, then turned into prostitution, visiting prostitutes to the point where he had to give up ministry. But after a few years of just saying, God, I'm not giving up on you, and, and I believe there's a way through this thing. I believe there's, you, you, you destroy these cedars of Lebanon that stand in our way. You destroy the giants in our land. And, and finally, he had a breakthrough in his life, and he got set free, so free, so powerful that not only was he free, but he was able now to become a minister to help others get set free. And he has these groups called the, 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 the Samson Societies. And these groups of men meet all over the world now, hundreds and hundreds of different groups that meet together and they pray for one another, confess their sins to one another, hold each other accountable, trust the Holy Spirit's power to break these cedars of Lebanon in their life. And they are seeing miracle after miracle. Uh, the, the website, the podcasts are touching lives around the world. What seemed to be unbreakable broke at the power of the name of Jesus, at the voice of Jesus, at a man who worships, at a man who, who believes that Christ is over all the problems in our life, that there's that these, there's these imposing huge things that seem to last so long in our life don't have to be there. God is here today to begin to set you free from anything that seems unbreakable in your life. Have you experienced things that seem too big to overcome? or they've lasted so long in your life that it seems like they will never cease, these things often begin to make us feel that that they're beyond being defeated, that they're too big, that they're too imposing. But that's where the God's voice comes in. It says, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He is he is there. God is over the The, the Hebrew word there is actually him snapping and shattering into slivers, taking the, 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 the like if you've ever seen a, a, a tree put through a, a grinder where it comes out as mulch on the other end. That's the Hebrew picture word here. It's not just that the tree falls over and, and, and you still see it there. It's just gone. It's just, it's just blown to smithereens. There's just nothing left of that imposing difficulty that you've faced in your life. Oh, look at the Lord, what the Lord does. And then it says, he makes Lebanon skip like a calf, like Siron, like a young wild ox. Now, when you first read this, it sounds like, um, oh, he makes Lebanon skip like, oh, yay. Uh, he, he destroyed the, the, this obstacle in my way, and now I'm skipping and leaping and dancing and having joy. But actually, in context here, it's, it's the sense of alarm. Uh, it's this calf or the, the young ox in the field, and all of a sudden, the voice of the Lord booms. So the thunder, the lightning strikes a tree. Have you ever seen a tree struck by lightning and it just crumbles to pieces? And, and, and so what it's saying is all those that see the works of the Lord, it, it makes their, it, it, they jump in alarm. They, they're, they're caused to be, they, oh, we thought these obstacles would always stand in the way of believers. We thought that this thing was lasting so long it would be unmovable in their life. And all of a sudden now they're jumping. They're, they're, they're alarmed. They're moving out of the way. 
So it's not only the imposing obstacle of the tree, but the people around that that have helped instigate that or help propagate that or help hold that up. They, they are jumping away from the power of the Lord in our life. That's worth saying hallelujah, amen to. Number two, he burns the unwelcome hindrances. This is found in verse seven. The voice of the Lord flashes forth a flame of flames of fire. Fire is spoken of here as, as the word is a flaming fire, but in the Hebrew, it's speaking of more likely a, a, a lightning, a shaft of lightning that comes down and it splits. You've seen the lightning where it comes in one bolt, but then it shifts into different things that the Lord is not just destroying one tree, but he's, he's, he's going across the whole forest of your life. The, the lightning is striking in many different areas. He, he flashes forth. And what this does, it, it burns away the un, unhealthy patterns, the unwelcome things in your life, the things that you've been saying, God, like, like my friend Nate Larkin, I don't want this pornography, this, this, this sexual uh, habits in my life. I want these sinful patterns to be broken. Burn them away. Let there be a refining fire into my life. So it, so it deals a, a, a blow to the negative things in our life. It helps set you free. Don't ever feel that these cedars of Lebanon are too strong for the Lord. These things that have lasted too long in your life, the, the, the Lord, he burns them away. He, he, he causes, uh, can you picture this? The tree has fallen. It's, it's cut in a thousand pieces. It's laying in, in like mulch in the ground. And then not only that, he comes along and strikes it with lightning and it burns it away. What a beautiful thing, the, the, the idea of God getting rid of everything in our life that doesn't belong. This is the sanctification process. Jesus, in the gospel, what he does is he redeems us. It's the act of justification. But by his spirit, the same spirit that causes us to be made alive is the same spirit that's working in us to causing these things to be burned, these, these, these negative patterns in life to be burned out. Trust in the Lord. That's why you go back to, to this thing. He's over. He's over the waters. He's over the Lebanon trees. He's over the things in our life that need burned out of our life. But it's not just a negative thing being burned away. This lightning, this fire from heaven is also very positive. It's burning a passion in our life. It's burning a fire of God. It's burning that Jeremiah 29, there's a fire shut up in my bones. It's the Isaiah, Lord, touch my mouth with coals from the fire of your altar. It's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit falling in Acts chapter two on the 120 waiting in the room of Pentecost. And it was like lightning fire touching on top of each, spread out on each of their heads. It's it's. Revival. It's, it's the Holy Spirit moving. We're seeing that in America today. There are signs and hopes and wonderful things happening. Just in the past weeks, we have seen revivals happening on college campuses. We just got back from Southern California and 600 pastors gathered together and the conference's world challenged us called Fire in Our Bones. And we saw these pastors from the very time that we, we the first thing we did was we got up and, and welcome the people, but but not welcome them like, hey, happy to have you here, but, but let's welcome the Holy Spirit's presence. And a move of God was unleashed. Right from the very first words, the spiritual hunger was in our hearts and pastors were weeping, some on their knees, crying out to God for a move of God in their own life, in their church, in their city, in, their na in this nation we live. And God wants to do that across the country, across the world. And we're seeing signs of this fire of the Holy Spirit coming. And we wanna ask God more, more revival, more spiritual awakening. God, bring down the giants in our land and cause your grace and your glory to be most manifest of all. Number three, he shakes out the unhealthy places. You see, 
you, you see that in verse 7 here, the voice of the Lord flashes forth fire. We saw that. And then in verse 8, the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadash. The, the word shakes here uh, speaks of twisting something or something that writhes in, in severe pain or anguish. It's, 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 it's like taking something and breaking it into pieces. And the, the, the Lord is shaking here says, in the wilderness of Kadesh, are you in a wilderness? Are you in a difficult place in your life? Dry and barren land, wandering around the same things time and time again, not entering in to the fullness of the promised land. Here's this picture here. We, we have seen him over all these things in our life, breaking down the cedars, flashing the fire of God in our life. And now he's wanting to shake us out of the wilderness. Man, that's powerful. Shake us out of that to... To, because in the wilderness, we can become complacent. We can say, I've been here almost 39, going on 40 years in the wilderness. That was what happened to Israel, Hebrew children wandering in the wilderness. They got complacent. They got used to it. They said, there's no other life. This is just the, this is just the way it is. Christianity is, is just a little bit of prayer and going to church on Sunday and, and having to cope with the, the, the depth of sin that seems to overwhelm us. It's just, it's, it's, it's not... Life, it's, 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 we're wondering, the Bible promises abundant life, but it doesn't feel like it's abundant. And, and we can get stuck in that. And by his grace and his mercy, he shakes. I mean, he takes it, and that word shake there is more powerful than just a, a light shaking. It's, it's, it's grabbing hold and twisting until you have to move out of it. It's, it, it sounds harsh, shaking us to the point of, squeezing us to the point of anguish, but it's, but it's a push. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a clap of the hands and saying, move, wake up, get out of that thing. I have grace sufficient for you to move into areas, into realms that you didn't even know was possible for you to have in your life. The shaking is waking us out of this complacency and contentment to be uh, in, in areas of wilderness. And maybe we've been there a long time and probably think we're going to be staying there for years to come. And then all of a sudden, it's like this storm of shaking comes in our life. Hebrews says, anything that can be shaken will be shaken. This powerful voice, the shaking is his voice. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. And this powerful voice, we begin to move again. We move in the spirit again. We move in the word again. We move in faith again. We move in confidence again. We, we move in boldness again. We move in overcoming power. We move in the, in, the, in the freedom from sin. We move in the freedom to, to speak the word of God into our own lives and to other lives through his voice speaking to us. The, the Kadesh here is, 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 is it's interesting that, that, that he's speaking forth and shaking the wilderness, but not just any wilderness, the wilderness of Kadesh. Why does he mention Kadesh here? Well, there's three very significant uses of this in the Old Testament. And the first one is where the 12 spies, they were in the wilderness and they came right up to the land of the promise. And where they were, where they entered into that promised land is the land of Kadesh. And they, they went in and the 10 of those spies, you know the story, came back and said, it's too big for us. The, the cedars of Lebanon, so to speak, are too too wide and too imposing and, and too overwhelming for us to defeat. And so this, this first wilderness of Kadesh is the lack of belief, lack of confidence. And, and one of the things that can cause us to not be stirred in spirit to move into that place of being a mighty one of God, the mighty man or woman of valor, is this lack of belief, lack of confidence in the Lord, lack of believing that his voice can speak and cause things to happen that he speaks and he's over 
these things in our life. The second one is when the king of Edom, they were in the wilderness and they were going to pass through this land to get to the other side. And the king of Edom says, you cannot pass. You cannot enter this land. Where was that? It was in Kadesh. And, and they were blocked by the enemies. So the first is a lack of belief. We can't enter in because our enemies are too big. The second one is a fear of enemies. It's, it's like, I, I don't know if I can overcome that. I, I don't know if, if, if this worldliness is just too strong for me. I don't know if this complacency in my heart is just, it's just who I am. I, I can't overcome this. And so the evil one in our life says you can't pass this. It's actually allowing the voice of Satan to dictate to you where you will go and what you will accomplish, what, what victories you will see in your life. It is said to you, you can't pass this area and you believe those lies and therefore you're stuck in the wilderness. The third one is Moses. And when he, when he looks from above into the land of, of promise and the Lord says to him, you can't get in because of your disobedience. Where is he at that point? He's in Kadesh. He's still in the wilderness of Kadesh. And I'd say the third thing, besides lack of belief and fear of enemies, is our own disobedience. When we disobey the Lord, we're not able to enter in. But the good news is he shakes out those unhealthy places and he causes us to begin to move again. It's like we get so uncomfortable, so miserable in the wilderness that we say, God, I can't stand in there. And, and, and I promise, Lord, not by my own might or strength, but by your spirit, I won't live like the spies with lack of belief, or I won't allow the king of Edom to stop me from getting in, or I won't allow my disobedience. By your grace and mercy, empower me. This is what it means to be a mighty one, that you're not living in unbelief. To be a mighty one means that you're not living in fear of your enemies and the voice and the doubts and the, the, the resistance that you have when you're passing through into the promise. And not like Moses, where you're disobedient to God, but you're walking in the grace that empowers you to obey the Lord. Number four, this is uh, verse, verse nine, the second part. He strips the forests bare and, and in his temple all cry glory. Number four, he strips away the covering of darkness. The, this picture here that he strips the forest bare is, bare is, is a picture of, uh, of, of a picture of man. He's riding on a, a horse and he's trying to find his destination, but it's dark in this forest. It's the thickness of the coverings of the leaves of the tree cause it to seem like midnight. And, and you're, you're, you're lost, you're wandering, you're trying to find your way through this forest. And it's just, it's just overwhelming and, and fear could strike your heart and a sense of maybe not being able to pass through or, or coming into the light. And, and this picture here is he strips the forest bare. In other words, can you picture that? You're there in the darkness and you don't know where you're headed and you're feeling hopeless and, and fearful. And all of a sudden, he just comes and he strips the tree covering, the, the, the canopy above you. He just strips it bare, and all of a sudden, you see the light. You, you see the glory. You see the brilliance. You see the clarity. You see the way ahead. You, 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 you see that God is providing for you. In the midst of your darkest night, in the midst of your most troubled uh, aspect of your soul, he just strips the forest bare, and, 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 he, and he causes us to, to then, in his temple crowd, glory. It's, it's like seeing the glory of God now, it was, it, I was covered. I was, I seemed blinded. It's like the veil had covered my mind and, and I, and, and I, and I want to worship and I want to praise, but I just, it wasn't, it just wasn't exuding from my heart. And all of a sudden he stripped the, the covering bare and all of a sudden you see him in his glory. Oh, you can't help but worship when he takes the clouds away, when he rolls back 
and peels back the darkness in our life and lets us see the light break through like the shining light is once again in my life. He strips away the darkness. He blows away the thick covering and darkness has turned to light. What was unseeable is now clear. Your future is now clear. the, The way ahead for your career is now clear. Your marriage becomes clear how to raise your children, it becomes clear, the, the, the clouds, the confusion. And you didn't need to turn to the world. It wasn't 10 steps of how to have a good marriage or, or how to raise healthy children. It was the word of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the, the Bible itself giving clarity. Not saying it's wrong to study other books that are helpful hints, but getting into the word of God is what strips away. His voice is what strips away the covering. And lastly, number five, he bursts a new way of living, overcoming the old and living in the new is is the way of the only way that's possible is through the voice of the Lord. That the 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 the, the just seeing what God does. Look at verse nine. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. It's the voice of the Lord that causes the birth of new things in our life, new creation, new new awakening, new opportunities, new doors that open a new heart, a new spirit, a new mind, a a fresh vision, a fresh touch from God, fresh confidence in the Lord, a fresh hunger for the word, a a fresh desire to, a a birth of desire in your heart to seek him like you've never sought him before. It is the voice of the Lord that gives birth, gives birth to new things, new vision, new hope, new dreams, new aspirations, but mostly a new sense, going back to verse one, a a, a new desire to God to give, to ascribe to the Lord glory and honor, do his name. That's why verse 9 talks about ends in that all his temple cries glory to the Lord. And finally, verses 10 and 11, it says here, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. This word here, flood, is, speaks of chaos. The stormy seas or the even the uncreated chaos of the reality of sometimes our life. And the Lord sits enthroned over that. He, he it's, it's not beyond his reach or his grasp. It's not like he's inactive in those areas. It's not like he, he's just turned us over to, to, to the chaos of life. It's he's sitting enthroned over that. What a powerful word picture here that, that, that there's a purpose in that. Sometimes we think that God's purposes is only when things are going well or we're, when we're walking in fullness of victory. But sometimes when we're in the midst of the flood, God's still working in that. You know that not sometimes, all the time, He's still working. He's over the flood, and he sits enthroned as king forever. Verse 11, may the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people. Where does the strength come from? Where does the transition come from, from defeated, overcome, enable, not functioning correctly, and and all of a sudden be transferred into someone who is a mighty man or mighty woman of valor? Where does that strength come from? Our help comes from the Lord. May the Lord give strength to his people. Unless his voice speaks strength into our life, we cannot obtain it by ourselves. We can't just get in our own energy and say, I'm going to be strong. I'm, I promise you, God, this time I'm going to overcome the cedars of Lebanon. This time I'm going to, going to let the lightning pour into my life and there's going to be the Holy Spirit anointing me. These, all of these things come from the Lord. No other place, no other source, no other remedy. Christ himself our victor, our glory, our, our our shaker. He he is all these things that we want to see in our life. He is the one who breaks the unbreakable things in our life. He is the one who burns away the unhealthy, unwelcomed hindrances. He's the one who shakes out the unhealthy places in our life. He is the one who strips away the covers of darkness, and he is the one who's birthing new things in our life. He does this through the power of Jesus Christ. 
He is speaking. How is he doing this? Lastly, turn to Hebrews, and uh, we'll see something I think that's so important here. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. This is the how. How does he do this? Long ago, at many times, verse 1, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Praise God. But verse 2, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has pointed heir over all things and through whom he created the world. He, he, he did this through Jesus. He created all these five categories, the breaking, the, the speaking, the burning, the shaking, the stripping, the birthing. He created these through the voice of his son. God spoke to us in, in, in times past, but now he's speaking through his son. And as he speaks through the son, in chapter two of Hebrews, verse 12, says this, I will tell of your name to my brothers. Where? In the midst of the congregation. Here's good news. When I stand here and preach today, it's not... If, if I do this in the, in the power of the Holy Spirit and if I'm allowing the Lord to build in me the grace to be a mighty one, it's not just my thoughts and my ideas and it's not just me reading text or giving comments to the text, but look at this, it's Jesus. It's Jesus is saying, I will be the one who preaches to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. The word congregation here is ecclesia, it's the church. So it's, it's not just your pastor if he's a man or of God. He, it's not just him talking, it's Jesus speaking through him. The voice of the Lord is coming through the church of Jesus. When you sit at a coffee shop and you and, and you open up the word or you just share your heart with one another, you pray for one another, it's the voice of Jesus. But not only that, in the midst of the congregation, he says, I will also sing your praise. Jesus is saying, in the midst of the congregation, my voice is going to boom forth and then I'm going to sing songs of praise to the Father. We get to join in with Jesus. A good church service is where Jesus is leading it. He's preaching and he's singing, he's worshiping the Father and we are, are his children. I and the children, next verse is, I and the children you gave me. Oh, what a beautiful picture of the voice of the Lord breaking down, setting ablaze, transforming, renewing, birthing in us this life of praise. And we say, thank you, Jesus. We say, thank you, Jesus, for speaking in the midst of the ecclesia, the church, and speaking to me in the midst of my study as I look at the scripture, speaking, you speaking the voice of the Lord when I'm in the coffee shop with a friend and he has the, the word of the Lord to, to brought to bear on my life or me on their life. Thank you, Jesus. Your voice is great. It's glorious. It's wonderful. It's powerful. It's majestic. And we give you honor and praise. We ascribe to you, the King of kings and Lord of lords, over all things. Your word, your voice is over all things. Lord, you speak clearly. You are not silent. You, you, are, you are not without speaking. And if anybody is listening to my voice today and they felt like, so distant, so in the wilderness, let this word break it today, to break through, to, 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 to smithereens, that there's nothing left of those obstacles to keep us from being mighty in the word, mighty in prayer, mighty in faith, mighty in hope, mighty in preaching the word, mighty in worship. All of these things are granted from you by the grace of God as you speak your voice. So we say, speak, Lord, and your servants will listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. Grace and peace to you.